Okay, if you all want to stand, we're going to sing page 418. Faith is the victory. Camped along the hills of mighty soldiers. You know what? Let's go ahead and start over. I am sorry. Help me out tonight and sing along. Here it goes. Encamped along the hills of mighty Christian soldiers rise and press the battle ere the night shall veil the glowing skies against the foe and veils below. Let all our strength be hurled. Faith is the victory we know that overcomes the world. Faith is the victory, faith is the victory, oh glorious victory that overcomes the world. On every hand the foe we find draw up in dread array, the tents of ease be left behind and on have some guests with us tonight. Thank you for coming coming tonight. Let's bow our heads and we'll pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for loving us, Lord. We thank you for all the blessings in our life, Lord. Uh, we thank you tonight for Brother Osteen, Lord, that's going to come and, and open the, the bread of life to, to for us to uh, sit at the table and, and, and to eat tonight. And so, Lord, we just ask that you hide him behind the cross, Lord, and just give him the words to say. Give him the words we need, Lord, and just... Uh, be with each and every family represented here tonight, Lord. We just ask your uh, your blessings, Lord, and your uh, keep each and every one safe, Lord. And just uh, be with our pastor and his family as they're on vacation, Lord. Just uh, lead, guide, and direct in everything that they do, Lord. Help them to get refreshed, Lord. Come back refreshed, Lord, and, and ready to, to carry the gospel to more Oklahoma and the regions beyond. We thank you so much for all that you do. In Jesus Christ's name I pray, amen. Good luck. Okay, let's go to uh, page 524. When do he hideth my soul? Flash. 
schedule there so uh you know wednesday nights are i guess not my purview here we go but um let's look at our memory verse first does anybody know it anybody want to say it tonight i guess not so let's all say it together uh ready begin now we'll keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Isaiah 26, verses 3 and 4. Well, amen. Uh, as far as announcements go tonight, of course, you know we have a, a great uh, uh, speaker tonight, Brother Steve Osteen. Uh, I've known him for a long time, and uh, so... Uh, a lot of us have been around him at camp and things like that, and he's always a lot of fun. Uh, and so, uh, please tonight, I just ask you to give him your undivided attention. I think the Spirit will speak to your heart tonight. And then uh, coming up August 19th, guest speaker, uh, Brother John Canavan, a missionary to New York City. There's a missions committee coming up. Uh, uh, August 23rd, Brother Jacob will be preaching before he goes back to California. And uh, going back to school, right? Amen. And then uh, August 23rd, church business meeting uh, in the PM, at the PM time. Um, and that we're just giving you plenty of notice ahead of time according to our bylaws so that we can take uh, Brother Scott and switch him out because Brother Jed, this is Jed's last service. So everybody, you know, come put some lipstick on his cheek, you know, let him know you're going to miss him. And then uh, Lana too. I told him, did you give Lana that hug I gave you? Okay, I, I gave him a hug. I thought it was last Sunday would be his last service, so I told him, go ahead and share that one with his wife, and I'll hug him again later. So uh, anyway, otherwise, there's a, there's a lot of other things that are upcoming events, Back to School Sunday, Fifth Sunday Fellowship, Grandparents Day, and just some, a number of meetings coming up. Just keep your uh, eye on the bulletin and, and don't miss any of these things and that you want to be at or that you should be at, and uh, we'll get everything done. And so... Uh, uh, let's continue on. Let's go ahead and stand one more time. Have Brother Blake come and sing another song. Yes, sir. Uh, one more thing. Uh, if you do have time, we got a couple families moving this week. 
If you do have time to come and help, tomorrow the Armstrongs are moving. On Saturday, the Wagners are moving, kind of packing them up, and the Krantz are moving as well. If you do have time, please let me know after the service, and um, I'll kind of give you a little more information on that. So we're going to sing God is So Good, page 820. Steve, you want to come on up, brother? Yeah, this while, you know, I'm not, not, not near as ugly as I am if I get, you know. <laughs> anyway, Brother Steve Osteen and I have known him for a long time. And uh, I believe Brother Steve came and seen Ryan play some football games. Yeah. At least yeah. once. Way back, back in the day. day. Way back, back in the day. When you were young. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Our boys, uh, uh, they, were, they were pretty close to the same age. And he's, he, Steve changed his name. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna let him share that with you. He's got a new name, and so uh, anyway, Steve gives what God's laid on your heart tonight, brother. Steve. Amen. Well, brother, I tell you what. I've, ever since I've known him, he's been a nut. Amen. <laughs> he knows I'm gonna say that. I do that every time to him. All right. Miss Robin wasn't a nut since she met him. There you go. Well, good to be in God's house, and uh, we know that Brother Johnson and his family are doing wonderful and. We've been talking to him on the phone. He's been a blessing. Appreciate the opportunity to be here tonight, and uh, get to meet Brother Blake. You know, he's going back to college. Sounds like and so. And like somebody else is moving, so there's a lot of transition. It seems like. Actually, and Brother Jake. Brother. Uh, Jake. I said. Yeah. Brother Jake. Jake or Blake? Yeah. Which Which one was? Who was the one leading the singing? That was Blake. Yeah. Okay. Who's going to school? Jake. Well, Jake. Gotcha. <laughs> All right. That's my chemo brain acting up. See, I've got an excuse. What's yours? <laughs> Amen. All right. Yeah, I had a change of name just not too long ago, a few, couple months ago. My wife and I are now known as Papa and Mama, so we're thankful for that. And our son finally got married, and then after three years, they finally had a kid. Amen. And uh, so we're so thankful for Anna Cass. I said, Connie, you, you and the horse were the most beautiful woman on the earth, and, and my daughter-in-law is the second. I said, Anna Kay just passed y'all up, right? So I'm thankful to be able to, you that have a number of grandkids, I'm, I'm telling you what, I tell you what, it, I know that uh, it's a joy. It's a blessing most of the time, I'm sure, but uh, it was a thrill of my heart for us to be able to have a grandbaby, so thank the Lord for that. So I've been traveling around. Connie says hello to you. She hasn't been able to go with me very much at all, so she's been uh, watching our pastor and preachers online a lot. And as you know, she uh, has, as a matter of fact, today is the 16th anniversary of the kidney transplant. So that's when I gave her that kidney, and I haven't been the same man since, amen? But uh, we're thankful that she's doing okay, and she's been having her checkups, and uh, she's different other health issues, so continue to pray for her if you would. And appreciate your support, the blessing you all have been to us personally, and your love for the Lord, love for us. And uh, we're thankful that you've been uh, so true to what God's called you to do. 
And uh, I want you to turn in your Bible to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2 tonight. And it's a privilege to be able to uh, cover for the pastor and, and hope and pray that he has a great time with his family and gets encouraged. Amen. Amen. And we used to go to camp. Uh, it was 11 years in a row we went to camp together. And uh, I get back every now and then I have some church members say, Brother Ocean, how was your vacation? I said, don't even talk to me right now. <laughs> we went to youth camp. We didn't have no vacation. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, they needed to get away, and, and it's always good for them to, to refresh. And thankful for y'all understanding and knowing that. Amen. All right, Genesis chapter 2. How many of y'all love the Word of God tonight? Amen. Anybody saved in here tonight? Amen. I hope no one has COVID tonight. Amen. Our, our pastor caught it, and a few folk in our church. So we've been staying away and... and uh, Trying to stay healthy, but I hope and pray if you do have family members that have it, that they heal up and everything's well there. All right, let's stand for the reading of the Word of God. Let's do that, okay? Genesis chapter number 2. Look at verse number 15, and we're going to read through verse 17. How about if we read it out loud together? Can we do that? Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. Let's begin. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. You just read through the outline of the message tonight, because I'm going to preach a little while on God's first commandment with eternal consequences. I believe the last time I preached here, I preached out of Psalm 34.3, O magnify the Lord with me. And let us exalt his name together. I was hoping that was the memory verse. That was a good one. Amen. And uh, scripture is wonderful. Uh, but here in Genesis chapter 2, I'm going to preach on God's first commandment with eternal consequences. A test of a choice. How many of y'all believe life is about choices? Young people, you hear me? Life's about choices. You make choices every day. Sometimes multiple times within an hour. Or just a minute. You make choices. And so we need to understand that uh, we need to learn how to make right choices and let God work in our life. Lord, we love you and thank you for your word, for your deal with our hearts. Bless Pastor Johnson and his family. We thank you for the privilege of preaching to this great church. And guide us, Lord, that you will be glorified, that the lost will be saved, and the saints will be encouraged and revived, we ask in your name, Jesus. Amen. And all God's people said? Amen. Amen. You may be seated. God's first commandment with eternal consequences. You know, many people have defied the odds of an early death. I mean, all will eventually die. We understand that, except if we're raptured before the Lord comes back. Or you think back in history in the Bible, Enoch was raptured and Elijah went up in a whirlwind. Or believers, of course, who will live to, uh, uh, to like I said, the Lord's coming. All who are alive presently, though, have no doubt missed a close encounter with death. And even whether you realize it or not. Think of the accidents, we call them. We have missed by a millisecond or a centimeter or a lean uh, from one direction to the other. Maybe it was a near death by a simple force of gravity uh, that preserved our life or an, air, or an airborne object that just missed us. Uh, uh, I'm thinking of my, my dad and mom. His dad was coming to, uh, to El Reno back years when I, ago when I pastored at Bible Baptist. And uh, when mom was with us, of course, she's been gone now since 2013. But he said, you, you wouldn't believe what happened. I said, what happened? He said, there was a trailer in front of us, and an axle broke, and it tires of the axle, and the axle bounced off the interstate and was coming right toward them. And my, my dad had the presence of mind to step on the, on the gas 
and get underneath that thing as it went over the car. I mean, how y'all believe that was a pretty close experience? You could have easily died from that right then. And we think about other areas that uh, uh, people, I mean, have, I hear a story again this year. Somebody else died doing a selfie at the Grand Canyon. They get too close to the edge. They think they can get closer, a little bit closer, and they're gone. Uh, I remember my wife and I went there. I was preaching in Arizona, so we went out to, to the Grand Canyon. pastor said, take Saturday off and go see the Grand Canyon. I said, wow, that's the prettiest hole I ever saw, amen? And you look down. I said, Connie, there's a car down there. She said, I can't believe it. I said, I said don't stretch too far because we might fall. But surely enough, it's very dangerous, isn't it? And we call those accidents. Uh, we call those uh, near-death experiences. Uh, yet, uh, we understand that this is a dangerous world that we live in when we are one breath away from eternity. My question is, are you ready to meet the Lord? Are you saved? Are you born again in the family of God? Or are you, are you living in confusion and doubt and do not know the Lord? And if you are saved, are you serving the Lord? Are we living for Him? Because we don't know when our time is to come. Somebody said, if I knew where I was going to die, I wouldn't go there, amen? But I don't know if we have that luxury because we don't most of the time know when we're going to die. And so, but we need to be ready to meet the Lord. Yet all are under the life control of the Almighty God of heaven. And so we need to understand either that soul will die in their sins or they have received the cleansing power of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ through his salvation. Now one goes to hell, but the other is blessed to go to heaven with the Lord. Those that do not receive Christ go to hell will end up in the lake of fire. But those that are saved are in the family of God or assured of a home in heaven with the Lord Jesus. This all has to come about because of the disobedience, watch this, of this one powerful and consequential command by God that you and I just read together. Let's look at it again. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden. Notice he put him in. It says that over there in verse 8, in verse 15, in chapter 3. It says it again in verse number 23, that to till the ground from whence he was taken. So in other words, God made Adam from the dust of the ground, breathing his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. And he made the Garden of Eden, and he placed him in that garden to serve and to dress it and to keep it. And he gave a command as he was placed in that Garden of Eden. It was a command from the Lord saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but, now that's a, that's a conjunction. We learned that in English, didn't we, in school. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest, the, the, eatest it thou shalt surely die. And so, here is a command by God. God gave him one law. We have Congress making laws all the time. How many of y'all know we're probably breaking half of them? We can't keep up with all the laws. And not that we don't want to keep up with the law. Not that we do want to be lawbreakers, but the fact is God gave one law, and they broke that law. And so we see that it's a very consequential command because it threw the whole world into sin. Have you ever thought about the rules, laws, and the guidelines, the commands on earth since God's first were not given to one innocent person? Because the laws that we get are given to people that are not innocent. But this law was given to an innocent man who was blessed to have a beautiful wife that was made in the image of God and made out of him. And, uh, 
And uh, uh, we see there that God was blessing them. They had they were able to walk in the cool of the day with God and were in fellowship with the Lord. And, and he was naming the animals, Adam was, and they were fellowship with one another. And it was peace with God. And, and here comes the serpent. We know in chapter 3, and the temptations came, and, and we call that the fall, when Adam and Eve fell and rebelled against what? This one command. In other words, against the authority of the Word of God. How do you all know there's a lot of riots and such going on in our country today? Say, why? Because of rebellion against authority. Now, they'll use all kinds of other reasons why they're doing it, but the bottom line is because of rebellion against authority and the anger toward authority. And authorities sometimes are not doing the right thing. We understand that. Sometimes authorities go rogue, and we understand that's not good. We understand people have to make stands. We know that. But if you, buy, if you look at the bottom line, most of, of these uh, types of things that are happening today is because this authority of rebellion and just going to find a way to get in and, and, and vent my anger toward whatever I do not like. And so that's the attitude. Where did that attitude come from? Well, it came from this rebellion that took place all the way back to this command of disobedience to God. And so God, first we see here, was dealing with them and giving them this law. And uh, we find out here that Adam and Eve had what we view as an oasis of innocence, and they lived in, and God gave them the great ability to make a spiritual choice. And they, they lived, all they had to do was make one choice. Uh, in the sense of the right sense is, do not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Did you notice God didn't say, do not eat of the tree of life? That's why they had to get out of the garden. Because if they ate of the tree of life, in that lost condition, without a redeemer, they'd have been eternally doomed without redemption in their life. Eternally lost. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. Where did that tree go? It was there in the garden. Where is it at today? We're going to find out what the Bible says about that. And so God gave them this great ability to make a spiritual choice and their daily life choices under the realm of his great sovereign authority. So we need to clearly understand that God gives us an outline here of God's first command of its kind before even the Ten Commandments were needed. It will give us insight into God's authority and power and foreknowledge into even as the results of this choice that God already knows man will make. How many of you believe God already knows what you're going to do tomorrow? Amen. Has it ever occurred to you that nothing has occurred to God? God doesn't wake up like you and I uh, uh, needing coffee in the morning. Amen? Some of y'all wake up on the floor. Some of y'all sleep on the floor. Some of y'all, when you go in your bedroom, you go, what is on the floor? I'm afraid to go in there. I saw when mom, one mom said, put, she made a sign, said, keep America beautiful. Clean your room. Amen? That'd be a first good start, right? And so we, we, we wake up, we, we do whatever, and, uh, and, and many times people have no purpose in life, or they, uh, they just kind of like to be droopy and drowsy. And aren't you glad God's not like that? God's a God of order. God knows where we're at, what we're doing, where our needs are, and He's there for us. He's the great sovereign creator, the power, uh, uh, and authority. But think about with the acceleration of, of knowledge, facts, and information, the Internet, YouTube, tutorials, social media, on and on and on. I mean, we have so many choices that one can easily get confused and disoriented and frustrated. How many of y'all, have you ever heard of this, too many choices? Well, my dad and mom kind of cut that back. When we went to go to the restaurant, we just did what dad and mom said. That's what we ate. 
I see now these parents, they're sitting down, they have a little kid that's two years old. The kid's barely learning how to even eat potatoes. And they set a menu in front and start talking, what would you like to have? I'm thinking, I'm going to go ahead and grab that menu, amen? <laughs> this is not going to work. This is not even going to end good. And five or ten minutes later, they still, that child's running around. I don't know what they want. Why? Because too many choices. Why don't you just order for the kid? That's about time for a family conference. About that time, I want to walk over there and have a family conference with them. But you can't do that, amen? Now, y'all, how do y'all believe that Brother Steve would never do something like that? <laughs> no, you know that, amen? So the main purpose of God's commandment was to just do what God says. Oh, that's too abusive. No. Just do what God says to do. Now, let me ask you a question. How many years of college do you have to spend in learning that? How many years do you have to go to school to learn that? Just do what God says to do. You say, I'm going to do my own thing. Well, you just put yourself as God. You say, that's in humanistic form. By the way, there's only really three main religions in the world. It's Christianity, Judaism, and paganism. And everything else falls under paganism. That's not Christianity or Judaism. And so I remember this, that when you set yourself up as an authority, and, and I do that, we set ourselves above God. And that's called rebellion. That's called pride. And God says for us to not do that, just listen. How, how easy would it have been to just listen? Now, let's look at the, the four uh, uh, points that you and I read in this uh, great message that God gives. Look at verse number 16. First of all, he says, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. Now look at that again. That's number one, that's a communication of wisdom, what we can do. Now here, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to knock something in the head real quick. Oh, God said, God, he's always negative, thou shalt not. Wait, 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 wait. The first commandment had a positive statement before it had a negative statement. Read it. Look at it again. Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. Sounds like a bunch of yeses right there. All this, Adam, all these wonderful vegetables. And by the way, they're not from Walmart produce. Amen. All these good vegetables and all this fruit, all these things that are not, they have no curse of it. All this is yours. You can, I like this when I go into the kitchen and go to the refrigerator, freely eat. I like that phrase. Amen. I tell my wife, I said, look, it says freely eat. He says, the disciples ate till they were filled. My wife, I go, I say, honey, I'm hungry. She says, no, you're not. How do you know I wasn't hungry? I, I think I'm hungry. No, you're not. Here's a toothpick and some water. You can just eat that for a while. No, I'm hungry. Let's stop and eat. Well, let's share something. I like the sign that says no sharing. <laughs> let's eat something, amen. Freely eat. Look at all the yeses right there. Read it again. Some of y'all don't believe it. It's the Bible. Take a look at it again. Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. Wow. That communication of wisdom, what we can do. The Lord first emphasizes all that we can do. That's wonderful. That's the liberty we have in the Lord. Why are we worried about all the things we can't do? Why don't we rejoice with what we can do as Christians? Amen. God gives mankind a choice in the realm of his sovereign will. Freedom and proper view must be always seen with the proper limitations. God wisely gave man a secure choice through understanding and obedience. All was right in the world when the creation obeyed the creator. 
it is often forgotten because of man's disobedience and fall, that God gave man more thou mayest than thou shalt not. Now, that thou shalt not had to come up later. But the first part was thou mayest. Look what you can do. God always wants us to focus on all that we can do, not what we cannot do. And if we'll stay busy with what we can do and should do and ought to do, friend, we'll have a wonderful full life and rejoice and enjoy it. But you're walking around all the time like, you got all these 20 things you can do, and all you're worried about is one thing you can't do. What a miserable life that is. Notice this. Philippians 2.13 says, For it is God which worketh in you both the will and the do of his good pleasure. So mindful of what we can do will eliminate much of what we cannot do or should not do. It helps shield us from resentment and confusion and perversions. When we are walking in the will of God, we are free. It is sin and disobedience that places mankind into bondage. The truth shall make you free. You notice in John chapter 8, it didn't say set you free. In fact, but now when I got saved, of course, and when you got saved, you were set free from the bondage of sin. We're glad of that. But the Bible says he's going to make you free. In other words, now that I'm free, I, I, I get free every day from this world as I yield and obey to God as I walk with him. Amen. So I can live in truth because God's truth keeps me free. I don't have to get saved every day. I'm saying that's all. That, the setting free is done. But to make me free means that I don't have to walk in bondage anymore. Amen. Anybody here free? Are you enjoying freedom? Now, how many of y'all know that even with freedom, there's guidelines and rules? Even with a, in a free nation, there's certain rules you've got to keep. And so God said, that you have this freedom to eat all this is yours. And all I'm going to do is tell you about something else. Second of all, look at the next part of the message. We see a command of God's word, what we can't do. He said, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. You know, I believe everybody in the world has taken a bite of that fruit. Spiritually, they have, well, all the way back when they rebelled against, when Adam rebelled against God. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. The book of Romans tells us. So it came through the loins of Adam all the way to us, from each child that was born, each man. And uh, we understand that sin, we were born sinners. We, we didn't do something to become a sinner. We were born sinners in need of a Savior. Why? Because of the rebellion of that one law. What happened? He said, about the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. So there's the one, thou shalt not, when he just gave us a bunch of thou shalt. Now, I want you to pay close attention to this. Know that God first gave the positive opportunity to freely enjoy the blessings of the Garden of Eden. This should have soaked in all of this glory and provision in the minds of Adam and Eve. And so now comes the negative part of this, this command. This command was a divine constituted order from the Almighty God of heaven and, and earth, the universe, if you want to put it that way. It was simple and precise. All they had to do was hear it and heed it and obey it. What wisdom God declared in these first parts of this command. Now, let me ask you a question. What is it that we do not understand about thou shalt not? Anybody know? Well, there's nothing. It's pretty clear. 
one of the first words used in the, on the home that, as that child was born was, no. I guarantee that now there's, notice now, now you're going to see how that everything flipped. Instead of more yeses, there are more noes now. That's because of the rebellion of mankind, the rebellion of sin. No. Usually we're looking for the big yes. For instance, when I came from El Reno here, there are a lot of Brahms between us, brother. <laughs> Thank you for the ice cream. I like ice cream. I like Brahms. I like Dairy Queen. I like ice cream, don't you? But if I'd have stopped at every Brahms on the way here, I'd never got here tonight. I mean, I believe I had to say no. 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 I want another big gulp. No. I'd like to stop there. No. Until I finally saw the sign that said, Cornerstone Baptist Church. Yes, I made it. Amen. There was one yes. Here it was tonight. I was coming here when I got in the car. And I made it because I said no to a lot of other things. Think about that, young people. There's a lot of things you have to say no to. To see God fulfill the great yeses in your life. The great opportunities and blessings that will come your way. Notice this. I, I remember my dad. He had, a, he had a little meeting with us kids, you know, us five kids. Little, little John Paul, he came later. We we're basically grown, and he was six when I married Connie, so, and uh, Hope was probably nine years older than him. So us older four were, were raised like the children, and my little brother, what a brat. Did I, I mean, what, he was a good little boy. He was raised like a grandson. I said, how does he get away with all that, <laughs> you know? Dad said, hush, leave me alone, boy. I done raised you. Get out of here. <laughs> you know. but it, so anyway, that was, that was Joseph and Benjamin right there, right? He was a favorite, just a, a coat of many colors, right? But Dad would get us those four olds together and said, all right, we're going to have a meeting. And he went over the rules. And Steve, we first start with Sandra. Sandra, you're going to help Mom with the dishes and help her with the meal, help her with vacuum. Lee, you're going to help me... Uh, do some work around the house, and, and you've got these to take out the garbage. Steve, you can help with the cutting the grass. Hope, you can fold the socks. Oh. And how many oh, little sisters get away with a lot of stuff? Amen. They put it on the refrigerator. Boom. There was the law right there. Anybody have that happen in your house? Raise your hand if you ever have anything like that happen. A few of you, right? Which is good. It's a rule. It helps us keep focused. But my dad always ended the rule session with this. You ready? A real, a real profound statement. And he said this, like kids, he said, the word to the wise is sufficient. You know, you know how we interpreted it? Obey or you die. <laughs> That's what it meant. I think that was the definition of it, right? It, or it will not feel good. And so God gave a simple but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. Now, note that he gave that positive statement. Now he gives this. This tree of the knowledge of good and evil was the, was the alternative to know right from wrong when God already placed it in Adam uh, and uh, through humble obedience that he was walking in. I mean, he was already telling him what to do. He just needed to keep obeying. But decided, as he saw that Eve fell because he loved her she couldn't come to him so he could go to her the only way he could do is take of the tree of knowledge of good and evil also 
And we find here that that took place. And it plunged man into sin. Everything God made in the garden was good. Look at verse 31 of chapter 1. Just flip over your Bible. So then God saw that everything that he had made, behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. So my question is to be asked this way. Was the tree of knowledge of good and evil good? Was it good to be in the garden? Well, it was. He also placed the tree of life. Was that good? Yes. Notice the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil were placed in the middle, in the midst of the garden. That means every time, every day, in their busy schedule of working around the garden and doing the things that God called them to do, they would come up. They, guess what they would see? They would see the tree of knowledge of good and evil. They'd see the tree of life. Why didn't they choose the tree of life first? Well, Satan tempted them away from that to go right to the tree of knowledge of good and evil. But God gave them a choice immediately. Obey me. Yield to me. He didn't make robots out of us. He said, I want you to choose me. And here, there was a big struggle. And we see the sin was not in the, the fruit itself. The sin was in the disobedience of partaking of the fruit. The consequences of right were ever before Adam. The consequences of sin were in the eating, the disobedience to this command. Adam was to be accountable to God. Thus, he was made a moral being with the ability of choice. God wanted them to always choose right. Adam and Eve already knew what was right and wrong. The question was, will they simply obey what God says? Now, let me ask you a question. If we had, us a, a little stand right here, uh, offering table or a communion table, and I put a box on it, and, I, and the box says, do not lift box. And I said it there. I had something underneath it. Well, it could be something underneath it. It could be a, some, a bunch of somethings underneath it. But I set that box there. Do not lift box. How many of you in here over time would be tempted to go, what's in that box? I want to see what's under that box. Be honest. Come on. Come on, guys. Some of y'all would be doing like the black ops or the ninjas. Y'all be coming through the ceiling at 2 in the morning trying to lift that box when nobody's around. Seeing what's in there, right? Why? Because we're curious. We want to know what's in that box. How many of y'all know our curiosity is not a sin, but Satan knows how to take and twist us to get us to go into temptations, not to sin. It's the yielding to temptation. That's the sin. So he knew how to work against us. And so because he began to defamate the word of God, and say things negative about the Word of God uh, to Eve. And so what happens? We see now, God gave the command, thou shalt not eat of it. Number three, what's the next part? He said, for in the day that thou eatest, thereof, look at verse 17. We see a call of spiritual warning, what we will do. Now I want you to read it again. Let's look at that phrase. For in the day that thou eatest thereof. Let me say it again. For in the day that thou eatest thereof. God is eternal and omniscient. That means he's all-powerful. He knows, and uh, omnipotent, all-powerful. Omniscient means he's all-knowing. So he knows beginning to end of our time frame and what we will do. God has divine foreknowledge. He sees all events of life way ahead of time. Here God does not say, notice, if thou eatest it, 
But he says it this way. In the day that thou eatest thereof. Now let me ask you a question. you believe God knew that Adam and Eve were going to eat of it? You can tell by that phrase. He, he said, there's going to be a day you're going to eat of it. And the day thou eatest thereof. It's a warning. But they need to understand that they still have a choice. He knows their frame. This seems to indicate that man will sin and God will not be caught off guard when it happens. According to Revelation chapter 13, verse 8, as he's dealing with the end times and he's dealing with the, the revelation and the Antichrist is being worshipped by the world uh, and they were not uh, walking with God, he says, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb. We know the Lamb is the Lamb of God, Jesus. And he said, he described Jesus this way, of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. In other words, in the mind of God, in God's eternal economy, he was already slain for the sins of man. God was already ready to be the Redeemer. Only time was fulfilled here, and in his, in, in the, we see the, that uh, we know that God was ready with a, a, a redemptive plan for Adam and Eve. And so we see that they sinned, didn't they? They had turned their back from God. Turn over there, if you would, uh, to chapter 3. Look at verse 21. Unto Adam also and his wife did the Lord God make what? Coats of skins and clothe them. That's the picture of the redemption. And, that's, and then he mentions in chapter 3, verse 15, that he would, he would send the Redeemer because he said, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman. When he was talking to the serpent, because the serpent uh, is, is uh, evil, and the woman was the one tempted. And between thy seed, what's the seed of the serpent? That's going to be the Antichrist. And her seed, that's going to be Mary, giving birth to Jesus. He's, so how many of y'all know, there's always a battle against good and evil. We have to make a choice. And so we see God had a redemptive plan for them. The covering of the, the lambs that had to be slain. And so we see it was a call for them to understand this. A call of a spiritual warning. God gives the warning with a fact of choice man has concerning his command. God's redemptive plan was ready for man's ultimate fall, knowing man would not heed the warning. See, Adam's sin did not catch God off guard. God had his eternal redemptive plan ready for man's disobedience, but man still had a choice to make. But look at the last phrase. Look at verse 17 again. We see it's a curse that is eternally warranted. What we will do. He said, when you partake of it, when you uh, uh, freely, when you do not uh, uh, allow me to be your Lord in your life, when you, when you turn your back on me in this situation here, thou shalt eat of it. He said, for in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Look at that phrase. Thou shalt surely die. It's a warrant. What's a warrant? It's a, it's a precept authorizing an officer to seize an offender and bring him to justice. This is a guarantee that God's law broken will bring a curse to those that offend. To surely die is to be guaranteed a death by separation from God. The day ye eat thereof, thou shalt die. So Adam and Eve, what happened? When they partook of the fruit, they realized their eyes were open. They knew good and evil. They, were, they, they saw some things that God saw. That's why later on, God said, we've got to get them out of here, out of the garden, so they will not take of the tree of life. That's why he had to run them out. And after a bit, he had to, the Bible says he had to drive them out. Chapter 3. Why do you think they had to drive? Let me ask you a question. 
If you were, uh, were living peacefully, wonderfully in this beautiful garden, and, there's a, and, there, uh, and God says not to go, wouldn't you want to stay? I think Adam was the first tree hugger. I don't want to go, God. And that cherubim with that flaming sword, he said, you cannot come back here because we don't want them to take the tree of life in that condition. And what happened? They died. Well, there was three deaths that took place. Remember this. There's always the three deaths that we, you, you may or mention here. There's going to be the spiritual death. That was separation from God. Romans 3, 23, uh, we know that. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 6, 23, for the wage of sin is what? Death. Separation from God, right? That, now, do you believe that their, their fellowship was broken between man and God right there? Sure it was. That's why God wants to reconcile man back to himself. He wants to bring him back into fellowship. Why? Because he loves man. What does he do? What did he do? He had to send his only son to die and be buried, right? Be, uh, and to, to die on the cross and be buried and rise again so we can have eternal life. So there's spiritual death. Second of all, there's physical death. How many of you know when you read the Bible, the next few chapters of the book of Genesis, people live 900, then 800, and seven and 600 years, and then five and 400. What's going on? Well, the body's dying. That just blows up evolution. Amen. There's no such thing as evolution. Man was created in the image of God. God created Adam and Eve as adults. It's not to worry about whether the chicken came first or the egg, you know what I mean? And so God made them. And so men are diminishing over time because of sin. And then the third death is eternal death, which is the second death mentioned in Revelation chapter 20, verse 11 through 15, when everybody is lost in their sin... They brought before God to come out of hell. He brings them before them. They, he makes them the bow, and then he casts them into the lake of fire, which is the second death. So this is what took place with the disobedience of this law. And so Satan questioned and doubted God's word, and so did Eve. And they began to, he began to get her and tempt her away and added to the word of God, denied the word of God, and lied about the word of God. God's word has to be obeyed by believing faith in God alone to work in our lives. So this tree of conscience, of knowledge of good and evil, has been countered by God with another tree. Now go with me to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, real quickly. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. Let's, let's back up again. Let's say this is a tree of knowledge of good and evil over here. And over here is going to be another tree that God counters that tree with. Guess what the name of this tree is going to be? It's going to be called the cross. Look what the Bible says. How many of y'all know Jesus died upon the cross of Calvary, right? What is it? Look what is the tree. It's a who his own self bear our sins in his own body. Notice, in his own body. Because man sinned in the flesh. Watch this. God had to send his only son out of heaven to be born of a virgin, to live a sinless life and die a sacrificial death. He had to come and take on everything Adam and Eve failed at that tree. God had to help him to succeed at this tree, the cross. And so notice, he said, who his own self, that's Jesus, bear our sins in his own body, took on his body, a flesh, but it was sinless flesh. He said, on the tree, that's the cross, that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Mankind fell at the tree. Jesus had to bring redemption at the tree. 
which is called Calvary. It's called the cross. So man sinned at a tree. For him to get right, he has to come to the cross of Jesus Christ. And so you think about how the Lord did this. Notice the contrast between these two trees. Let's just do a real quick synopsis in the Bible about the difference between the tree of knowledge of good and evil where Adam and Eve sinned. Satan wanted them to go to this tree, and God said, don't go to it. But this tree, God says, come to this tree, and Satan says, don't go to it. You see the opposite? And it's going to be the choice of every human being in the middle to decide if you want this tree or do you want this tree? Do you want what took place at this tree to stay in your life and die and go to hell, never knowing a Redeemer? Or do you want to take the time and admit you're a sinner and come find life at this tree where the Savior, He's the life there at that tree? So the first tree of knowledge of good and evil was planted by our loving God, Genesis chapter 2. The cross of Jesus Christ was planted by angry and sinful men in Matthew 27. The first tree of knowledge of good and evil was pleasant to the eyes to look on. But the cross showed Jesus beaten and bleeding and suffering for you and I. The first tree of knowledge of good and evil was forbidden for man uh, to partake. But the cross is where man can partake of Christ's forgiveness if they'll just come to the Lord. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, he said, they can have that redemptive power through Christ. You see, the first tree of knowledge of good and evil, Satan wants man to partake of it, but the cross is where Jesus wants us to partake of his love. The first tree of knowledge of good and evil, a curse on mankind game. Listen, friend, <clears throat> that curse was awful. It cursed man into, it plunged him into the direction of hell and, and, and the curse of, uh, of, the, of the, uh, all the things that came on humanity and the thorns and the thistles. This one here uh, brought on the curse. But Jesus took the crown of thorns, the picture of the curse, on himself on the cross for you and I. You see, the first tree of knowledge of good and evil brought life to death. But the cross of Jesus Christ offers his death uh, for his life in us by grace. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. He said, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Man was cursed, but Jesus took the curse for you and I. Hallelujah. And then we see the tree of knowledge of good and evil caused Adam and Eve to be turned out of the garden, out of the paradise. But aren't you reminded that when Jesus was hanging on the cross, there was a thief, two thieves next to him. One wanted to continue with the tree of knowledge of good and evil, but one accepted the cross of Calvary next to him. And he said, Lord, uh, I, I believe you. And, he, and Jesus said, this day thou shalt be with me where? In paradise. Much was lost at this tree, but so much was gained at this tree, the cross. Do you believe the cross is important in your life? Have you come to the cross? Have you come to the cross of Calvary to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior? And if you're saved tonight, do you continue to go to the cross and find forgiveness and cleansing by the blood of Jesus? The lost are still under the curse of eternal death. 
Only Jesus and His salvation can lift the curse. You see, 1 Corinthians 1.18 tells us the cross is a centerpiece of even Christians because that uh, the world looks at the preaching of the crosses and then that perish, foolishness. But to us which are saved, listen, us, us which are saved, you so mean the cross has significance for us that are saved? Yes, for us who are saved, it is the power of God. You know why Christians are not having the power of God working in their life? They're not going to the cross enough and confessing and getting right and thanking God for the blood and say, Lord, I know that you're my Savior. I love you. And keep focus on the cross because when we're focused on the cross, we're not focused on this tree over here. Because when I'm focused on the cross, it points me to Jesus. Amen? That he died for me. And I'm to deny myself, take up my cross, and follow him. That's where the power comes from. When I'm yielded to the Lord and filled with the Spirit of God to serve him. Paul said it like this, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life I live in the flesh, I live in the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Let's go to Revelation, if you would, in the latter points here, chapter 22. Find your place there at the end of the book of, of the Bible. We started at the beginning, now we jumped all the way back to the end. Down to the end. Revelation 22, 1 through 5. The Bible says, and he showed me, as John was getting a vision for the revelation, he said, God showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. That's Jesus. In the midst, notice, of the street of it, and on either side of the river. Now, that's kind of complex. So the street was that, the river, uh, had, there was a street, and a river, it says there was a tree right in the middle. What's the name of it? Was there the tree of what? Life, which bare twelve manner fruits, and yielded her fruit every month, and leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse. The throat of God and the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. They shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. And there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light. Man, that's, that's getting out of a dark world, isn't it? And they shall reign forever and ever. Notice he said, it had a tree on either side of the river. How can a tree be on either side of the river? How can a tree be in my yard and in my neighbor's yard? Well, it could be right up against the fence, and their tree could be hanging over in my yard. Did you know that in Oklahoma, I'm responsible for the limbs in my yard from that tree that's in their yard? Anybody go through that experience like I've had to, you know what I'm talking about when it comes time to cleaning up limbs. So think about this. That river of life with the street right there, the river flows around. If there's going to be fruit on either side, look at my arms. How many of y'all believe that a tree has two dominant branches and, over, and able, able to do that. What do you see right here? What do you see right here within that tree? When you look at the tree of life and you look through those leaves, you know what we're going to see? We're going to see the cross. Oh, what a beautiful picture forever. And notice as we see. The Bible says that the leaves are going to be for the healing of the nations. What was the very thing that Adam and Eve covered themselves up? You kid, I'm going to ask you, see if y'all go to, have been to Sunday school and church. 
What did Adam and Eve cover themselves up with when they found that they had sinned against God? You remember what it was? Anybody? What was it? I'm trying to get these young people to answer. Y'all been going to Bible, the Baptist church right here or some other thing? Do you know what a Bible is? You know the book of Genesis we just read. Have you ever remember the account when Adam and Eve sinned and what did they cover themselves with? Was it vinyl siding? Was it brick? Was it burlap? What was it? Leaves. Now, we're on, we're on to something. What kind of leaves? Fig leaves. Who said that? All right. The brother here that's really intense and looking at me. I know he got excited a while ago because his finger went, glory. Amen. All right, so fig leaves. Let me tell you a story about fig leaves. You ready? I'm from Louisiana. Do you all believe that? My dad was North Louisiana hillbilly. My mom was a South Louisiana Cajun. My mama told me this all the time. If not to buy your shower, yeah. We're going to have some gumbo and go to the Walmart, you know. That's how she talked because she spoke French. Anytime she said these, that's, and those, it was these, that, and those. What are those things doing there? Because French folk don't pronounce the THs. Okay, so that's a little lesson you just learned, right? And my dad's from North Louisiana. Hey, y'all, how y'all doing? All across Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, they talk like this. And I'm just a country boy from Louisiana. Man, I'm going to get my shotgun. We're going squirrel hunting. That's how they do, okay? Now, I'm the result of the North Louisiana hillbilly and the South Louisiana Cajun. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> so my North Louisiana grandparents, Memo and Papa, they, they lived outside of Columbia, Louisiana. So most of y'all know Duck Dynasty is from that area, south of Monroe. And out there in those piney woods, they had fig trees. And one summer when I was out there, as we were staying in a few weeks, we, we would do with Memo and Papa when we came back from the mission field, or then we moved back to Slido my ninth grade year. I was able to spend some summer times over at Memo and Papa's. And Memo said, boy, go in there and get one of your Papa's long sleeve shirts. And Memo's hot out here. She said, we're going to pick some figs. Go get that short, long sleeve shirt there in this closet. So I went in there and put that long sleeve shirt. Come out there. I'm like, I feel like, what am I doing? I said, what's going on, Mel? She said, we're going to pick figs. And son, you don't want to while we're picking figs to let any of those fig leaves rub on you. I said, why? She said, they'll make you itch. Be like put insulation. You know that sealant insulation? If you have rubbed that fiberglass on you, you know how it itches? It's just terrible. Okay. And a matter of fact, if you take a fig that's really ripe, but you take it and eat it, you eat too many of them, son, it'll blister your lip because there's so much acid in there. So we're just going to take them, and I'm going to cook them down. You know those fig preserves I make? I said, yes, ma'am, I'm going I'm to pick some figs today because I love those preserves on biscuits. Save money, save me. All right, now, get the picture. Let's, take, let's say we made us, you girls made you a dress with fig leaves, and you guys made you a shirt with fig leaves. Guess what you just did? You just, you just caused a seven-year itch to start. I mean, those things that itch you up. Now, here's the picture. When man covers up his sin, he always makes it what? I'm looking for it. It starts with a W. You ready? When man covers up his sin, he makes it what? Worse. But God says that tree of life is for the healing, the leaves. Notice he said the leaves are for what? The healing of the nations. So let me ask you a question. Have you been to the cross? 
Some of you have probably never haven't even been to the cross before. You've heard of it. Maybe you've made a semblance of a salvation experience from it. Maybe you prayed about it, and you don't know if you're even saved or not, but you're still hanging on. This is your, this is your tree. You, you want to do your thing and knowledge of good and evil. You're trying to figure it out. And you're disobeying God. You're rebellious. That's for the people that are not saved. But over here, this is where lost people had to come and bow to who Jesus is and say, thank you for shedding your blood. Thank you for bringing me redemption. Hey, and bringing me to reconciliation because of this cross. Are you saved? It doesn't mean that we as saved people don't have effect by this tree anymore. But I am redeemed from that. Said I'm now a child of God. So have you come to the cross? I hope you're saved. One rule is broken. Disobedience to God's word. What will put a person in hell? Here it is. Not believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. And brother, not he's called the word in the Bible. He's the word of the living God. What about you tonight? Where are you standing? Maybe it's time you to get back to the cross a little more often in your life. Can we give you the answer for your problem? Go to the cross. Go back to where Jesus shed his blood. Go back and humble your heart before the Lord. And the Lord's going to start giving you the power you need in your life. He's going to give you the understanding you need in your life. He's going to give you answers in your life. Why? Because you're yielding now to him. Because he is wanting you to come to him and find your help to him. Because he died and was buried and rose again so you can have life. And you can walk in the power of the cross. Amen. Let's stand. With every head bowed and right close. I'm just going to ask Brother Nutt to come up here. And I'm going to have a word of prayer. And we, here's a time for you to come and pray. Talk to the Lord. If you're not saved, we want you to be saved tonight. Musicians come, whatever is your custom here at the church, let's be in our place. Lord, we love you and thank you for your word. Thank you for your love and grace. Thank you for the privileges to be in this church. Preach your word. I ask you for our lost sinner friends that they'll be saved tonight. They realize that the Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. They'll recognize that they're sinners on the way to hell and they cannot save themselves. And they'll quit blaming everybody else and just simply come and say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I'm the one who made the choice. I am, I am wicked. I was born a sinner. Oh, God, save me. And I pray that they'll realize that your blood can wash them and they can have new life in you. I pray for every believer. Lord, forgive us while we have not gone back to your cross. And Lord, help us to go daily to the cross, moment by moment, hour by hour, and be thankful. Sing about the cross. Be thankful for the cross. Bow there at the cross as we sing our, the songs uh, about coming to the cross because that's where you paid our sin debt. Lord, we sin at a tree, but you died and gave life at the tree, the cross. Deal with hearts we ask today in your name. Amen. Here are these altars tonight. Go ahead with my brother. We have a time of invitation. Amen. We keep our heads bowed. I'd ask uh, musicians to go ahead and play just as I am. As the picture was painted tonight, from Genesis all the way to Revelation, can you ask yourself which tree that you bow at tonight? Because you're going to bow to one of them. 
Is there any changes that you need to make in your life? Do you need to come to Christ? Do you need to come to that cross the very first time? Have you really done it? I mean, really, really given yourself over and bowed at the cross and asked Jesus to save your soul. Begs the question, are you just playing Christian or are you a Christian? Maybe there's something else you need to do tonight. Maybe someone you need to go to and ask their forgiveness. take a look at our prayer request tonight is there any new prayer requests that we need to add school is starting tomorrow uh, did Brantley start tomorrow or today and Brantley started today so school is starting Let's remember the teachers. I think there was a um, Carl Albert school today that already had some teachers that uh, a number of them had uh, caught the caught the COVID, and uh, and they're they're calling it off. I mean they're they're going totally virtual, and uh, so we definitely do need to remember those of us that we love that'll be starting school, but also. Uh, all the all the children that'll be going back to school, and uh, that they'll be they'll be protected. Any others? Yes, sir. Brother Chuck has an unspoken. As I mentioned last week, my nephew he goes in for surgery in the morning. Um, broke his leg in 16 places, pins and plates and holes in his leg. I mean, he's fell out of a tree, fell about 20 feet. And so uh, he's had all the pins and stuff put in place, but down on your ankle, you don't have any uh, any meat down there. So they got to go in and take some cadaver stuff and, and pull it all together and try to try to seal that hole up. So remember Lonnie, Lonnie McMillan. Any others? Right quick. Yes, ma'am. She's home? Praise the Lord. Any others? Aaron Roberts down to close to the bottom. 
Any other updates on these that are here? Brother Gary? Yep. Yep. So, and we think Aaron may have had it earlier in the year, before March. So, um, let's remember Kenzie. And Nikki's had it as well this time while 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 David's had it. So, she still has what? Really. I couldn't imagine going through life with no taste. My life just be over. Might as well quit. Be done. Any others right quick? All right. Well, let's bow our heads and we'll remember these. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you now. And as we look at these prayer requests, Lord, there's a number of them on here, Lord. We give you honor and praise, Lord, for those that we have some good news about, Lord. But all those, Lord, that are listed here, uh, Lord, we just ask you to have your will and your way in each one of their lives, Lord. And then, um, as was mentioned tonight, school will be starting. I know I'm concerned about my girls going back to school, Lord, and there's a number of others that are concerned about their children, Lord. And then there are those that work in schools. And, Lord, just uh, ask you those that that uh, um, have contact with this church, Lord, we just want you to watch over them, Lord. Take care of them, Lord. Keep them safe, Lord. And then uh, uh, Brother Chuck and his unspoken, Lord, that you'll deal there, Lord, in, in a way that only you can, Lord, and and uh, give him a clear sign, a clear uh, answer to that unspoken prayer, Lord. And uh, thank you for Brother Chuck, Lord, and everything that, that he means to me, Lord, and uh, the uh, encouragement that he's been to me, Lord. And I just, I just ask that you be an encouragement to him. And Kenzie, Lord, just uh, heal her up, Lord. Uh, thank you for the work you've done in David, Lord. We pray for Nikki as well. Just uh, uh, heal them up, make them good as new, and just uh, up in the church again, Lord. And just look so forward to seeing them, Lord. We just ask you to watch over each and every family represented tonight. In Jesus Christ's name I pray, amen.